in the words of Omowali Malcolm X, to educate a man is to educate an individual. To educate a woman is to educate and liberate a nation. In celebration of International Women's Day, African Queens, a 10-part series honoring our ancestors through their shared stories, empowering and educating through history. We celebrate the lives of these powerful sheroes, including Nani of the Maroons, Kandaki, Mbuyo Nahanda, Ya Esantiwa, Queen Nandi, Empress Menen, and many more African Queens. Welcome to African Queens. My name is Yolinda Antoinette Clark Akalani, but I am known as Antoinette. I'm a retired nurse, midwife, psychiatric nurse and health visitor. And now I just spend time doing everything that I enjoy doing. I'm writing more and more poems all the time. I've been writing those ever since I was seven. Let's look back in history to find the origins of the Windrush mystery. 375 years ago, Women, children, and men of African origin were captured and enslaved to work in the Caribbean. These slaves, they became British West Indian citizens who labored for the British plantocracy in their thousands. They tilled the earth, forked, spaded, and hoed, harvesting cocoa, coffee, and producing sugar or white gold that enriched Britain's economy more than a hundredfold, financing her industrial revolution while strengthening and expanding her capitalism. And what inspired me to write the poems is my life experience, things that happen historically. They've come to seek work in Britain and are ready and willing to do any kind of job that will help the motherland along the road to prosperity. As well as in present day time. The relationship between this country and the West Indies and Caribbean is inextricable. And the natural world. And uh, recently, I was invited to actually take part in the African Queen's program, which is actually going to go into a film. The queen that I chose was a queen called Ndateyala Mbosh. And she was the ruler of the Wallo Kingdom which was part of the Senegambia Empire. And today it is part of Gambia and Senegal. Because when the French colonized the area, they broke up the region and made it into Gambia and Senegal. Born in 1810, I am queen of the Walo Kingdom, a Senegambian empire nation. King Amir Fatim was my father. Queen Awo Fatim, my mother. Bert, my sister. We were trained in weaponry, military tactics, and diplomacy, ancestral customs, and our sacred religions. She was a queen who smoked. She always carried a long pipe with her. And so you never saw her without that pipe. When I decided on that queen, I did some research because I wanted to write my presentation in a poem, but I wanted it to be authentic. So I did a lot of research, but I went further. I bought books about African queens and I discovered quite a thing. So from all that research, I was able then to make a poem about her. Now, she was born in 1810, 
and she died in 1860. She came from a line of queens. Her bloodline was queens and kings. Her mother was the queen. The father was the queen. Then he died. The mother became the queen. She had one sister. That sister then, she was her senior sister. That senior sister became the queen. And when she died, then this Ndata took over the throne. And the two sisters, when they were young, they were really coached in military skills, military tactics, and all the necessary diplomacy, all the things that people holding that position should hold. She was married twice. At 16, I wedded King Yermin in a political union and was widowed at 31. Prince Tassadiep asked me to marry him. He was chief commander of my army. Our marriage was blissfully happy. The first one was a political marriage because she was the queen and then she didn't have a, a husband. So she was encouraged to go and marry this particular person. So it was a, a, a political type of relationship. But unfortunately he died. But later on, she married the chief commander of her army and they were in love. They had one child. So that went well and she really loved this child. It was really brilliant. Sadia, the only child I bore, he was cherished and adored. He was the love of my life, whom I kept from harm and strife. Meanwhile, now the French, the, Port the Portuguese had already come into West Africa as traders, buying the tobacco, the gold, the cotton, and exchanging it for beads and whatever they did in those days, the trading system. Yeah, at that time, those people who were captured, the victorious kingdom actually didn't want to take into their kingdom. They actually beheaded so obviously they were persuaded by the Portuguese and other uh, European people. Why are you going to behead all these people? We can have them. And that's how the trade, this African slave system started. Unlike the stories that we are given in the books that Africans started the slave trade. That wasn't so at all. They then started, uh, you know, with the slavery and so on. And then in the end, they did the French at that time, the other European nations who were in West Africa, they decided, well, look, there's so much good things in this part of the world. There's gold, there's silver, there's this, there's that. This is a wonderful place. We can grab this place up. And they decided in 18-whatever to cut the place up into colonies. So the French king, he sent people out to Senegambia Empire. This queen, Ndateyale, was she was then ruling one of the Senegambia nations called Walu. In 1846, I ascended the Walu kingdom when the queen, my sister, had passed on. I rule my kingdom with courage and wisdom, political skills and intuition. I developed an army of female warriors who were Wallow's protectors. I defend my family, my kingdom, my people, my country and nation from Arab, Moor and French invasion. I use my military powers to challenge the French colonialist headed by Louis Ferderp, the imperialist. Many a first battle I did win against this barbaric butcher and his henchmen. I oppose the French insatiable demands, taking more and more of my lands, burning my villages, looting my farms, pilfering our best oxen and lambs, 
seducing and raping our young maidens, robbing my treasures again and again, all my reasoning, the French disdain. With my smoking pipe, I contemplated, and puffing on its sacred smoke, I meditated. I'll fight and vanquish the invaders and protect Wallu from these intruders. I'll fight for my kingdom and defend my nation. Rise up, ye warriors, chiefs, and army. Make ready your weaponry. And this man, he was the commander-in-chief of the French army, and he waged war. In 1855, Federp, with his army and cavalry, conquered the Wallow country using their superior weaponry. So he conquered the Wallow kingdom, and then he exiled the queen to somewhere else that wasn't her place. And exiling me from my territory. And took her only child, a son, educated him in France. Many losses have been my part, but the capture of my son has pierced my heart. And the conquest of Wallow is the poison dart that sent me to my ancestors at the early age of just 50. She died of a broken heart. She'd lost her kingdom, which is a tragic loss. She'd lost her son. And today, her land is now Gambia. In West Africa, the French divided the place up and made it into Gambia and Senegal. And her statue is in Gambia because that is where the seat, her palace was. So that is where her statue is. I would like to go to Gambia sometime before I pop off, you know. The smiling coast of Africa. So please follow me into Gambia. So that's the story. I can actually share the ode. Ode to Queen Ndateyala Mbosh. Brave Ndateyala Mbosh of the Senegambia dynasty. You've gone down in history. Queen Ndateyala Mbosh. You wore your crown with honor and pride with the royal staff by your side. On diplomacy and military skills you relied. Queen Ndateyala Mbosh. With persistence and determination, you fought for your kingdom to free it from French colonialism. Queen Ndateyala Mbosh. The French took your nation country, not with courage nor bravery, but with superior weaponry. Queen Ndateyala Mbosh. You're a symbol of African liberation, an icon of the continent's freedom, inspiration for future generation. Queen Ndateyala Mbosh. An emblem of female empowerment, a symbol of gender equality, a beacon of African humanity. Queen Ndateyala Mbosh. Brave Queen Ndateyala Mbosh. How important do you think it is to share the history of African queens? I think it's very important, especially for young children, because 
the history of Africa should be told because it's being hidden. It's being absolutely obscured. When I was in Barbados, I knew nothing about Africa. I didn't even think I was part of Africa. Africa was alien to me. And we had, and being light-skinned as well, you know, we had books with very black, black children with grass skirts, whom we called Piccaninnies. I, I didn't think I was even associated with those people, you know? We were taught everything British. All our songs were British, everything was British. I mean, I had a, a really good education in English literature, English history, and all of that. Life in Jamaica is not all about fun and games. One thing we do take pretty seriously is our education. The government did make a promise to increase funding to our education institutions, and we are happy to know that we have delivered on those promises. It was brilliant, but nothing about Africa. So it's only now I'm learning about slavery, but it seems as though a lot of the impetus is put on slavery. There's other things besides slavery. They left out all the other things. Because if children were taught about the queens and about the kingdoms and the, all these things, you know, the kingdom of Ife, the Shanghai kingdom, about that man, man, Samusa and so on, they'll have pride in themselves. All they know about is slavery and modern day, you know, hip hop and all this lot. I always believe a person is not a person unless they've got a future and a past. You're not just there. You've got to have a history behind you. You've got ancestors, you know, but we weren't taught it at all. So it's, it's very important. It's extremely important. Yeah, thank you. It's really good to hear you say that because it is, isn't it? And we all need our role models that we can, you know, relate to and aspire and and just, you know, if, if everybody thinks that their history is just around victimization, how are they going to change that or break That's the cycle? That's right. That's or, right. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. So thank you for that. Taught in, school, in schools as well. And, and so, you know, the, these writers should start writing little... Um, I mean, if I had the time, I would start writing little, now that I'm learning a lot more, writing little stories about various little, little, you know, African history for children to read, you know? I was reading something today about the Ife Kingdom, which is part of now the modern day Nigeria, and archaeologists have dug up things, pottery and various different things made of bronze that was carbon dated something BC, BC, that's before the birth of Christ. So he's talking about over 2000 something years ago, you know? African Queens is produced by Sound Women Southwest Network in collaboration with Rosanna Africa.